ça se répand partout autour de l'usine. Les enfants sont au contact de cette poussière. Observer Cyril Traoré Ndembe lives with his family in Pointe-Noire, the second largest city in the Republic of Congo. He contacted us because he's concerned about a nearby factory that belches smoke and soot. That is a jar of black soot he gathered in his garden a few days ago. The factory recycles lead from car batteries. Cyril is worried the soot is causing health problems for him and his family. Moi, je suis chez moi. Et l'usine est juste derrière moi. À peine une rielle de 10 mètres nous sépare de cette usine. Et c'est pas tout. C'est qu'à un peu plus de 50 mètres, sinon moins, nous avons un établissement d'enseignement privé avec un effectif d'environ 450-470 élèves. Juste en bas du toit là-bas, derrière moi, c'est ouvert. Ces tôles-là ne peuvent pas empêcher cette fumée de partir. Ces fumées se répandent, entrent dans les maisons et envahissent même les salles de classe. Partout autour de l'usine, les gens se plaignent. L'air est irrespirable. J'ai aménagé ici. Quatre à cinq mois plus tard, toute ma famille a été secouée. Nous avons enregistré des cas de pneumonie, de bronchopneumonie, des cas de bronchite. Il n'y a même pas moyen de respirer. Un souffle. Cyril and his neighbors have been complaining about the factory for years. In 2020, the local government ordered the factory to briefly close and make repairs and had the residents undergo tests. They're still waiting for the results three years later. À la date d'aujourd'hui, nous n'avons jamais reçu les résultats des examens qui ont été passés aux populations. Nous ne sommes pas restés les bras croisés. Nous savons qu'ils sont dans le recyclage du plomb. Alors, nous avons euh, réuni les moyens qu'il faut pour que nous fassions des tests de plomberie. Cyril had his family and a dozen neighbors tested privately. The tests showed levels of lead in their blood of 250 to 550 micrograms per liter. One researcher told us anything above 500 micrograms per liter can lead to visible symptoms. As for the factory, they told us its emissions meet safety rules. The environment minister had this reaction. We have asked this factory several times to comply. I have already had it shut down for its failure to comply with the rules in force, and I won't hesitate to do it again. This is New Park, Alaska. We are currently walking by the school. We're going to see how close it is on the river. There it is. This village school on the western coast of Alaska is threatened by erosion and will one day be swallowed up by the Ninglik River. The village's 400 inhabitants, members of the indigenous Yupik community, are among the first in North America to face relocation because of climate change. Our observer has lived in Utok since her childhood in the 1980s. The whole village has been experiencing permafrost melting. Permafrost is like a, a layer of ice under us, but that one is melting due to the rising temperatures of the earth. The homes are built on top of the land. And then the permafrost melting, it makes the house unstable. The houses are tilting, the foundations cracking. The land is being eaten by the ocean and it has been eroding. You know what, when I was a little girl, it was like probably a couple miles from the last house to the edge. And just every year, it just kept coming closer and closer. It's eroding rapidly. And Utah is on the, is on the process of relocating right now. 
We have storms every year and it's just getting worse. The last fall did a lot of damage. There was homes that were like ruined, homes that got flooded. At first, nobody wanted to move. I was like, no, I don't want to move. This is my town. This is where I grew up. Now we can't wait to move because it's not safe for anybody to be here. The village decided to relocate more than 20 years ago. But with delays in funding and construction, only about one third of the population has made the move to the new village of Murtovic, about 15 kilometers further inland. First families moved in 2019. I live in Newtok and my elderly parents live in Mukhtarvik. It's like half of my family is over there and half of them are here. We still need at least close to 40 homes built in Mukhtarvik for the rest of us to move over. The rest that, that, that moved over, they're happy and we want to get reunited because they're kind of suffering in their own way because we have a store here, we have the post office here, and over there, they still don't have a store. They have to drive 30 minutes from there to here. The US Interior Department has allocated $25 million to help the remaining villagers make the move. Newtok is one of 70 indigenous villages in Alaska that is threatened by thawing permafrost, erosion, and flooding. That's it for this week. As always, you can find more reports from our observers on our website, observers.france24.com. I'll see you next time. In 2018, South Sudan experienced a rare moment of hope. After five years of civil war, peace seemed within reach. But what is the situation today? People are living in insecurity. You cannot go where you can uh, work, you can get something for your family. Some 35,000 displaced people live in camps, trying to survive as best they can. When people enter in the war, up to this time, people are still suffering a lot. Crutches of anger, the poverty, and then the killing. However, in Juba, some are hopeful for the future. I think this is the only place where you can get all the but this enclave remains an exception in a ravaged country. Juba Revisited on France 24 and France24.com.